Welcome to Let's Bet. I'm your host, Scott Pritchard. Let's Bet is about sports betting, sides, totals, money lines. I've been betting sports professionally full-time in Las Vegas for 30 years. I'm going to show you how I do it. It's Memorial Day weekend. Let's party! Joining me, my co-host, who I think knows a thing or two about partying, Jacob Cannon. I know plenty about partying. I'm going to party like it's 1999, now that the end of the world stuff didn't happen. <laughs> Slow down, big fella. Remember to drink responsibly. I realize it would be a first. We'll be checking back with Jacob a little bit later on in the show to reach out to us. Email us at letsbet at vegasvideonetwork.com. That's vegasvideonetwork.com. That's letsbet at Vegas Video Network, give or take. <laughs> yeah, we're all, all about, about clarity. Drinking, man, you might want to slow down yourself. <laughs> There's a fine line between clarity and confusion. <laughs> now let's get started. Major League Baseball in full swing. We're approaching week number seven. We've seen specific trends and streaks. Betting totals, one of my favorite things to do during the course of the baseball season. Remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Six months of baseball, over 2,400 games will be played. We've already established a number of variables, a number of streaks. Three teams have been consistently going over the posted total, namely the Cincinnati Reds, 30 overs already, the New York Mets with 29, and the Chicago Cubs with 28 overs. On the other side of things, we have a number of teams that have gone under the closing total at least 27 times, and yet we haven't even approached playing 50 games. I'm talking about the Tampa Bay Rays, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and also the Angels of Anaheim who play in Los Angeles. So they're, what, what do you look for when betting baseball totals? I can tell you from a handicapping standpoint that generally speaking in the American League, the number will hover around nine. In the National League, it will hover around seven. This has to do, of course, with uh, the fact that the pitcher has to bat for himself as opposed to a designated professional hitter, which was introduced in the league in 1973. So at least you have somewhat of a barometer before you step up to the bet window or call your bookmaker at the uh, corner bar. Let's talk about umpires and how they come into play when handicapping and betting totals. We talk about streaks, we talk about trends, which is conducive to the style of baseball over the course of a six-month season. This year, I've pinpointed three umpires behind the plate that have been very consistent in going over the posted total. Barry, Holcomb, and I'll uh, make that Holbrook, and then also the uh, McClellan, who was notorious in the past for being an over-umpire. This has to do with they all three have a small strike zone, which lends itself to the pitcher trying to do too much to paint a corner, and it really favors the hitters because they can afford to be even more selective. So it favors the hitters, it adversely affects the pitcher with a small strike zone, and walks, bases on balls, walks lead to runs. On the other side of the coin, let's talk about teams that have been dead under or actually let's talk about umpires that have played a role in over and unders and betting totals in baseball. Two umpires come to mind, Runge and Timmons. Runge has been behind the plate nine times, eight of those, and make that 10 times, nine of those 10 games have gone under. When he's behind the plate, teams have averaged only 7.4 runs per contest. Conversely, we talked about those three over pitchers or those three over umpires, if you will, Barry, 10.7 runs per contest, almost 11 runs per game. So the over is one of the things you want to take a look at when he's scheduled to be umpiring behind the plate. Now back to the unders with Rungi. Okay, eight of nine have gone under. Another gentleman, Timmons, behind the plate, 
Seven of his 10 games have gone under the posted total as well. Now, I'm not saying it starts and stops with umpires and handicapping totals for baseball. I'm saying it's one more thing that you need to have in your arsenal before you step up and make a bet. You want to know who's in the starting lineup. Nothing's any worse than betting the Cardinals minus 37 cents only to find out, oh yeah, Albert Pujols not going to play today. The information is there. It's up to you to be proactive and find the information. Starting lineups are posted. Umpires are posted. They rotate on a week-to-week, game-to-game basis, of course. But weather, if the wind's blowing in, blowing out, if it's cold, this time of year we've seen a number of totals, six, six and a half, seven, and it has to do with the fact that April and May, weather, wind, cold, it's challenging to hit a baseball on a good day, but especially in adverse weather. And now in the summertime, June, you'll expect the totals to inch upward simply because it's hot, it's humid, and the ball will jump off the bat. Then come the fall, postseason, you'll always hear in the fall, the fall classic, everyone says that good pitching stops good hitting. Weather has as much to do with that as anything else. So that's going to wrap up this edition of betting baseball totals on Let's Bet. It's time now for Let's Bet answers your questions. Jacob? I've got a little bit of a follow-up question there. Do the referees in basketball, since we're kind of in the NBA Finals, have a trend kind of like the umpires in baseball? I mean, uh, are some of these referees in basketball whistle happy? It's a very good question. And, you know, we talk about umpires in baseball with totals. Well, the same thing applies in betting totals in basketball. This time of year with the Heat playing the Mavs, Game 1, NBA Finals will be determined by June 20th. But you have some officials that will be rotated in and out on a game-to-game basis based on what they've done in the past and most recently during the course of the regular season. Now Dick Bavetta comes to mind because he's always been very whistle happy if you will. He's the gentleman who's in great shape. He looks like he's 130 years old when in essence he's only about 90. (laughs) I'm exaggerating but not by much and he always has, he will not hesitate to tee you up if you get in his face or question a call. So you really need to know where the trends are as far as officials in a basketball game or referees, if you will, that really tend to blow the whistle. Because if you're betting totals and you're betting over, it's one more thing you want to look at. Because if an official is causing or a referee is calling a lot of fouls in a game just by looking at you the wrong way, it's a great play to the over because you can score points from the free throw line with the clock not moving. Sounds great. All right, first question. Aaron from Boston, Massachusetts wants to know, NBA Finals start on Tuesday. In your experience, are you surprised that these two teams got there? Aaron from Boston wants to know if I'm surprised. I guarantee Aaron's surprised that the Celtics <laughs> didn't make it. Yes and no, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised the Heat got there, but with all due respect to the Mavs in Dallas, I am a little bit surprised that the Lakers didn't come out of the West based on the fact that Phil Jackson has double-digit NBA championship rings. The fact that the Lakers have won the last two NBA championships. Let's go ahead and talk specifically about the Dallas Mavericks. This is a team that lost one of their key players, Karan Butler. And as much respect as I have for the Mavs, I lost a little bit of respect, if not a lot, once he went down. Thinking, hey man, it's going to be a, it's tough to get to the finals if all systems are in play. But if one of your main players goes down, it just makes it that much more challenging. It's a real credit to Rick Carlisle, the coach 
Dirk Nowitzki, Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, all these guys, Sean Marion, they've really stepped up, very impressed. They're playing as a cohesive unit, if you will. They play good, sound defense. In the past, that's been the knock on this team. The Mavs bring it, but they don't play any defense. So I respect the fact that the Mavs are there. I am surprised they've gotten this far. I really thought the Lakers would be coming out of the West. Let's slide on over and talk about the Eastern Conference representative, the Miami Heat. The big three with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. A lot of people forecast this. I was one of those people that thought, well, if they got it together and actually played it as a unit, I've always questioned their bench. We've talked before, it's not who you start, but who do you have coming off the bench? They have added some key players during the course of the regular season. I know they picked up Mike Bibby, and the bottom line is it starts and stops with defense with this team. This is a very hungry, talented basketball team, and they do have home court advantage. So, yes, I'm surprised the Mavs got through, but I'm not surprised that Miami was playing for the NBA title. I, I, got, a, I got a little follow-up question for that. Do you think that adding Jason Kidd to the Mavs had a lot to do with them overcoming this adversity and making it to the finals? I love Jason Kidd. I think the fact that they brought him in is one more key to the puzzle. I mean, Jason Kidd, a lot of people playing devil's advocate might say, ah, Jason Kidd has passed it. He's not the same player he was years ago. He may not be, but his leadership skills are second to none. He leads by example. People love playing with him. And I really think that Jason Kidd really helps this team. Sounds great. Last question here is from Wilson in Miami, Florida. Surprise. Uh, why is it the playoffs are changed in the finals to a 2-3-2 format as opposed to the 2-2-1-1-1 we had in the playoffs? I've been trying to figure that out for years, and I remember a conversation I had in the 90s with the late, great, legendary broadcaster Chick Hearn, who used to broadcast the Laker games for 30-plus years. I asked him directly, one-to-one, -one, mano to mano Chick, why do you have a 2-2-1-1-1 format for seven weeks of the playoffs and then wham bam thank you ma'am it's the NBA finals ah oh, let's change things up 232 format he said it's because the league and the TV networks want to encourage at least a six game series which is great for the networks but I feel bad for the players because it really adversely affects the favorite in this case the Miami Heat knowing that the Heat have played outstanding basketball to secure and solidify that home court advantage. So it's a 2-3-2 format which rewards negative behavior, a la Dallas not having the best record, and it penalizes, and penalizes uh, positive behavior with the Heat having the best record. The Heat may or may not get all of their home games in, but with the Mavs, three of the first five games being in Dallas, remember now, the first two games are in Miami, then three in a row in Dallas, and then the last two will be in Miami. And the key there is, in defense of the Heat facing this small adversity, is the fact that the team with the middle three games, it's very rare that that underdog will win all three games. But with that in mind, it's putting a lot of pressure on the Heat to win those first two games, because if they split and go one and one the next three games, are in Dallas. So, so follow-up question for me on that is, is it kind of then unfair that, that uh, even though the, the Heat have home court advantage, is that kind of unfair that the first two games are there and then you got three games in Dallas? Is, is there a trend there? There absolutely is a trend. I think, it, no, I don't not convince the league want, cares what Scott Pritchard at Let's Bet thinks, but I'll share it anyway. It is a disadvantage and I don't think it's fair. I, I think you're rewarding negative behavior and you're penalizing the Miami Heat. Now, before we get out of here, Jacob, do you have any final comments? <laughs> oh, oh. Where did you go?
Jacob, I... The rapture has come. I'll see you all in October. Probably not a coincidence that the producer and I are here and Jacob has pursued other places, I guess. So you're a week late with the rapture, but we'll play along. Jacob, always great having you with us. Let's bet we go live each and every Friday morning, 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Tune in. It's always great having you here. To reach out to us, email us at letsbet at vegasvideonetwork.com. That's letsbet at vegasvideonetwork.com. My website is pritchardspicks.com. That's pritchardspicks.com. I will leave you with the words my first wife left me with as she was drop kicking me to the curb. Good luck and goodbye.